we can't really keep flooding the B2B sales world with volume of conversation. What we need to do is increase the quality of these conversations. And one way of doing this is building communities, being part of communities. that helps you open and thrive in foreign markets. This is Steve here, your host speaking, and well, my expansion fellas, as you're looking at 2024 and thinking about best ways to do business in foreign markets, I want us to get more creative. What if, instead of focusing on traditional lead generation methods, aka emailing, cold calling, etc., we could leverage a more genuine and soft way to grow our pipeline. Hmm? Well, in today's episode, I'm welcoming Coralie de Robert, sales director at Salesloft. She shares with us how leveraging communities has helped them grow their business in the UK, France, and Germany. Hi, Coralie. Thank you so much for being here on the International Corner Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me, Tiffin. So you're calling us today from London, right? Yes, indeed. I'm French, but I've been living in London for about 10 years. Nice. Very nice. So perhaps could you uh, start by introducing yourself, uh, maybe your role and, and sales loft uh, a little bit before we, we dig further into today's matter? Yes, absolutely. So um, my name is Coralie. I am a sales director at Sales Loft. I am looking after a team of five account executives who are responsible for generating new business for uh, SalesLoft. What is SalesLoft? It's an American company who um, has a platform which is made for revenue team. What we're doing is that we're giving you the ability to execute every single one of your sales tasks through our platform. So that means a cadencing tool, that means understanding where your deal's at, that means forecasting, recording your calls, coaching your team, understanding what you're doing well, what you're not doing well, and obviously doing all your admin and logging every single thing that you do back to your CRM. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. And we will dig a little bit more about like, who's your target audience, etc., to give a little bit more context uh, to our listeners today. But if that's fine with you, there's a, a concept here, uh, which is the icebreaker. Just imagine you have a dice, there's six faces, pick a number and I'll just read you a question, I guess. Okay. Um, four. Number four. All right. Who is a person who inspires you and why? Oh. Ooh, good question. Um, I'll speak about the person who hired me at Salesoft. Um, he's not here anymore. He's now on to um, a new job somewhere else, but his name is Audi Sharp. And he was my boss here for, for a few years before moving on. And mm -hmm. he's incredibly inspiring because not only is very clever, and has a business best interest at heart, very professional. 
he's also one of the nicest human being I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And he really managed to find the perfect balance between professional objectives and personal objectives and the way that he does that for himself and the way that he conveys this to, to his team. Um, and as I've been a manager for about a year and a half, this is something that I find quite challenging myself. Mm -hmm. Where is the right balance between pushing for, you know, especially in sales, uh, targets, revenue, getting the team to have a sense of grit and apply themselves thoroughly whilst also giving them, you know, the right amount of space to look after themselves and ensure that they, they can strike a right balance between knowing when to slow down and knowing when to accelerate. And I find that this is a very fine and difficult line to walk. And if I can think of someone who's mastered it, getting the best out of each individual and the entire teams um, is Ollie. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a great example. <laughs> that's a great example. No, but I mean that's a great example, and I'm definitely with you here. I think as managers, it's it's a tough balance to get to with your team, and you're always. I mean, personally, I always find myself being a little bit too much either on one side or uh, on the other side. So it's like some kind of dance, you know, where you need to uh, juggle between both. I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks for sharing that with us today. The topic of this conversation is actually about community. And I will let you actually explain perhaps to the audience why you chose that topic specifically, which is something that you guys at Self Love have leveraged a lot uh, to expand uh, in, in several markets. So what is it for you, community, and, and why do you actually leverage that Yes. Um, community selling has been very big for us. Um, we are in a specific position where we're selling a sales tool to salespeople. So there is a natural desire to be part of that community and use that community for both our professional and personal developments. Um, but this said, I think this is something which is increasingly important for uh, any company who's trying to sell anything or is trying to develop any markets. Um, we... Post-COVID, I've been in a very strong digital age where we had lost a little bit that sense of face-to-face -face and community and leveraging uh, the neighbors and the people that are doing the same thing than we do and getting to share best practices in between us. And what happened is that we we sold a lot of sales loft and there's a lot of people that are doing similar things than we do here that we allowed sales team sales teams all around the world to uh, be very efficient in the way that they were going to market. But by doing that, a, a lot of sales team have actually relied heavily on the digital side of thing, on the ability to send mass emailing, for example, or to go to market at scale through mm. digital ways. And we've lost a little bit of that human and personal touch in, in some ways. Um, we can't really keep flooding the B2B sales world with volume of conversation. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is increase the quality of these conversations. And one way of doing this is building communities, being part of communities, because it gives you 
first insights on what the person are you selling into needs, what challenges they're facing, gives you direct access to the people that you want to do business with, and gives you the ability to form human connection beyond a simple sales conversation. Um, and we found that it's one of the best way for us to generate new business, to keep our customer engaged um, and ensure their success and our success. Absolutely. I love what you said about trying to bring the human back into those conversations because I agree with you. There's so much mass mailing going on there, LinkedIn approaches, etc. So any clever approach that actually sets you apart from what your competitors are doing, I think it's it's huge. And you mentioned uh, three, for you at least, like three reasons uh, why you should do that. It's to uh, uh, get your insights, to get direct access and the ability to form those connections, I guess, with your audience directly, which I think is key. Perhaps to give us a little bit of background, could you let us know... So you said you're managing a team. So which markets are you going after? And and maybe if you could tell us about a precise example of how you leverage community in one of these markets, how it works, uh, so that we could grasp a little bit more of how it's useful. Yes. So we have built communities in our three key markets in Europe, um, the UK. We are, we've built something called the SDRs of London, the A's of London. And we've done that um, in partnership with another company called Wiser Elites. Wiser is a sales recruitment agency that also has most of the strategy based on community buildings. Um, and that's why that we're working with them um, on, on, on the UK market. On the German market, uh, there's the SDRs of Germany. This was actually led by an SDR who used to work at SalesLoft. She now went on to work uh, full-time on this community that she's built. Um, nice. So we're very happy to still be working with her on that. And in France, we do have uh, what we call Sales Tribes, which is also a community of sellers, SDRs, AEs, um, account managers, anyone who's uh, customer-facing. And we have done that also with um, a couple of other people in different companies um, to, to try and, you know, get everyone's forces together and make sure that it, it snowballs. Um, and this has been a fantastic way for us to um, hear things through the grapevine. <laughs> we do get some information on some companies looking for, you know, to solve some challenges, looking at competition or asking questions around, don't know the, uh, how to build the best tech stacks. Obviously, we can therefore have the signals from the market on what companies thinking about what and how we can help them um, and also jump on it and become consultative in the way that we're selling of like, look, we understand that you're not just looking at sales loft or a similar tool than sales loft, but you're looking at an entire way of improving productivity across your tech stack and your mm. sales reps. Um, we'd be happy to share you know, our knowledge around this or put you in contact with someone else. When you build your community, you also build that network of customers, friends, of uh, uh, partners that you can put people in touch with. So you're not the only one selling anymore. Your community is selling on behalf of, of uh, your team and yourself. 
Okay, so on a more practical front, to better uh, understand, where are you creating these these communities? You said you you find like you found like a partnership in in London, but did you create that? I don't know on even Bright on like Meetup platform. Like, where do you guys uh, actually create those type of communities? Uh, Slack and WhatsApp are okay. two favorites means uh, for community creation. Um, in the UK, WhatsApp is the main um, the main way for us to do that. And then Slack. In France, Slack is very big. Um, I mean, Tvin, you and I know each other uh, through I a know. community. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> So and and we we met on Slack through that community. Um, so yeah, Slack and WhatsApp are the most important. But I would say that the from this you need to create some in person events because if you don't, then the community dies down a little bit. Um, that was going yeah. to be my my main point because the the risks whenever you create a community is that it dies down because I'm part of plenty of of Slacks and I can tell you some of them are dead to say the least and yeah. how do you keep it active is it actually your role uh, as uh, i would say um community owners to entertain to 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 try you know to make the community lively how do you typically work with that yeah so i'm like you i've seen some that are not going really well actually yeah. our community in france needs a needs a little a little work um and i've seen some that are asking so much of the community members or pinging the community members too often and therefore you stop you lose interest and then I found the ones that work the best are certainly some of the ones that we've got in the UK and the ones that we've got into in the UK that we've partnered with Wiser on these and there is someone at Wiser whose job is on the community that's all she does her name is uh, Izzy and that's all she does and she does it beautifully um they found the right balance between them the the community managers interjecting at everyone sometimes to get their attention and also leveraging the community members to make that community thrive um easy i'm on a community called making moves which is um a woman in sales in the uk um, and I know the Wiser team really well, and I think they've asked me maybe seven times to do what they call the Wise Wednesday, where one member of the community shares a piece of wisdom. And every time I'm like, I, f- I really don't have time, but um, <laughs> it's um, it's really really nice because they they're using every member of the community actively to get the community to talk and to live whilst also doing some of the legwork. So they would reach out to individuals within the community to ask them, hey, would you would you be the one sharing a piece of wisdom this week? Okay. Or every week someone... It, they're doing a great job. Um, yeah, if if anyone's looking at building a community, I would recommend that they look what, at what these guys are doing. That's really good. So you said, okay, reaching out to individuals, trying to create events in person as well. Uh, are those paid events or are those free events? No, they're free events. They're okay. free events. Um, so one that works quite well is the Go to Market Leaders community I'm, I'm, I'm part of in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do as well is that, which is fab, um, you can then monetize that community, right? 
So they're getting sponsors to create events. So the events mm. are free for the community and then sponsors can do it. So at Sales Loft, we have our own communities, mm-hmm. but we also sponsor external communities. Interesting. How many or, do you actually sponsor today? If that's um, something you can share again. So some we sponsor on like a retainer type of fee. Okay. There's one that we do here um, in the UK. And some we've worked with on um, one-off basis. Mm-hmm. So we've worked with one in France in September that went really well. And we're working with one tomorrow, actually. <laughs> um, so we're, we're testing a few communities and depending on the results of the first sponsor events that we're doing with them, then we are considering to add this to to on a more regular basis and negotiating some bigger packages with them. Um, but it's proven to bring a higher ROI than than big events, for example, that cost a lot of money and, and okay. generate not necessarily more leads. It's a different approach, though. It's not a brand image exercise. It's a sales exercise, mm-hmm. you know, like events there's something around your your brand having a beautiful booth and people seeing your brand you know it's like costs a lot of money might not bring you directly as much business but they're you're building your brand presence absolutely um those communities are a bit more like frontline and how do you measure because you touched on the point that's uh, pretty interesting i think more and more we struggle to calculate the true ROI of any events we're going to because as you said it's about branding so how do you how do you really measure the impact of of branding nowadays so as you said it looks like the community ones are a little bit more as you mentioned like frontline how do you measure success how do you measure ROIs based on 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 the on the results of what it's supposed to bring you Yeah. So when we're doing events with these communities, we have people registering, whether it's an Eventbrite page, whether it's a party full page or whatever mm-hmm. tool that you want to use for people to register. We use this and we we have Salesforce as a CRM uh, at Sales Often. So we then upload that into Salesforce and licks automatically on number of customers uh, that were in the room. Uh, number of opportunities that were opening on the back of it and number of active opportunities that we're influencing. Um, So that's a very easy way to see like, hey, we spent four grand with these guys and we've actually touched X amount of AR in the room. Um, so for the events, it's, it's, it's fairly easy. And then on top of this, what we do is that we use our own tool, SalesLoft, um, we're creating some cadences that are specific to these events in which we put the people that were in these events. Mm-hmm. And then we can very easily see, you know, the engagement that we got, uh, the number of responses, the clicks, Um, the the conversation we're opening, the meetings that we're booking, the revenue that we're generating from from these messagings on the back of events. When it comes to the communities themselves, um, it's a little harder to measure. The we need to speak to sales ops. Actually, we we could have a field in our CRM where mm-hmm. we would create like community influenced Mm -hmm. Um, because for example it can happen quite a lot that we would have an open opportunity with a company and it's um, 
it could be a competitive deal and then we are part of a community and all of a sudden we see someone saying like, hey, I'm looking at sales love versus outreach, um, our key competitor. Um, anyone has some feedback on this? Obviously, we don't say anything because we're sales love people, so we don't interject when we see this, but we can have a bit of an idea of what's going on in these communities and how we, we, we're penetrating these communities with with our workforce but also our customers because we tend to push our customers and the people that we work with our champions to these communities we're like hey you know you want to do this i know people that do that i know a community where you can go and ask these questions and get some answers so we also try to to feed them with happy customers yeah because <laughs> then we know that when the questions are being asked and we have people who are gonna fight in our yeah, they're gonna they, of course of course yeah that's the uh, i guess that's the whole point so just coming back to that, so let's say, you know, you actually organize a community event, people from Sales Love that, that are going to be at the event, how how salesy are they in there? Are they really just about making connections nothing, and, and no talk about Sales Love? Do, you, do they mention it at some point? Like, what's the approach? No, we're not salesy. We're, we're, we're definitely not salesy. This is about, you know, creating genuine connections i mean mm-hmm. again we're in a unique position where we're salespeople selling a sell a selling tool to salespeople. yeah so there's great. some it's quite it can be very natural but we're not there to pitch and to force people into a conversation and and quite often actually we don't really get to speak to that mm-hmm. um to speak about about sales love directly but we'll certainly be touching on other things like are you moving from HubSpot to Salesforce? How's that going? Like, actually, I know a guy who can help you with this. You want me to put you in Mm. touch? By the way, as you're doing this, are you looking at sales engagement platform? Shall we have a chat? Soft, natural, easy conversations. We we have a brand which is quite established um, in some circles, not everywhere. Like, all the tech companies usually know us. so for our ICP, you know, events, we don't even have to. They know us. Um, you know, we can we can try and see whether or not there's a way for us to to try and help them on some subjects and discuss it. But we don't really have to pitch. I am interested now on how we can get into communities of maybe more traditional businesses that are not mm-hmm. as mature mm-hmm. on these subjects that we need to educate. Um, because we're very good with being communities of go-to-market leaders in SaaS mm-hmm. and in tech, but not very good once it once we leave that. So my question would be, how do we go into med tech? How do we go mm-hmm. into, I don't know, like media? How do we go into, because we, we technically have a tool that we can sell to any B2B sellers, but we were still somewhat locked in the tech and the SaaS markets because these are the people that are used to using a tool like SoundSoft. So food for thoughts. Exactly. And that's that's kind of interesting, which leads me to one question. When you started the communities, would you say that right off the bat, people within the community coming to those events, they already had an understanding of what you guys did. They already knew the brand. So it was not so much about education but it was already just about connection which is a different level yeah definitely i think this is going to be the next level for us when leveraging creating and leveraging communities at sales mm. office to break out of our ICP 
and try to unlock new markets. Mm. Um, we have been more relying on our key markets with this community where less education is needed. Okay. Definitely. So, so would you say then that uh, so far the strategy for you guys with community, uh, with community was to use them after the initial, I would say, launch of each market was done then? Like, for instance, is it the yeah. same for Germany as well? Like you guys started the SDR, like the German SDR community after you had a few, uh, I don't know, months or, um, of uh, education in, in the market? Uh, yes, I'd say so. We already had a few a few customers in Germany. Okay. When I'm thinking about markets, I'm not necessarily thinking much about geographical markets, more about verticals, okay. uh, industries, which okay. is more of a, a, a challenge for us now is to tap into different inst- industries. And, and we have different selling motions required for tech businesses, SaaS businesses who usually have a line of budget and are used to having uh, sales productivity tools like sales oft in place mm-hmm. um, versus a huge market of any other industries who are who maybe have just recently adopted the CRM and when you tell them that they need another productivity sales productivity <laughs> tool they're like well, I just bought Salesforce yeah like, yeah it's good well done but <laughs> hey there's other things that we can do but, <laughs> so yeah is that's that's the next stage I understand and, and for sure there's definitely going to be another challenge for you guys uh, on that one. So coming back to what you said a little bit earlier, so you guys have a very not salesy focused approach, just creating connection as anyway, people are already aware uh, on the community about sales engagement. So you don't need to be like too pushy. So what happens after uh, you get, you know, the list of people that were uh, in the community events? Are you going to reach out to them because it wasn't necessarily something about self-love, right? So are you still going to reach out to those who said nothing or what do you do based on this like contact list? Uh, yeah, we tend to put them in cadences uh, to to reach out to them to make sure that we've got some regular touch bases with them. But again, the community is, it's not like a list of people. When we do events, there is a reason to reach out and to follow up and to share the slides or additional information on, on the subject that was talked about, recordings, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Um, oh, sorry, you can make it. You know how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to be a little bit more organic with the, the way that you work with communities. You have to be genuine. If you're not genuine, you're going to get kicked out. Mm. Um, there's some sometimes very clear rules that are dictated by the community managers most of the time not very clear but everybody knows that if you start pitching your product in a community you're going to get kicked out of it and you should go into these communities with the idea that you're also going to use that community you're not just there to to feed information to a community sell them tools you should also be there and be an active member of that community I'm part of this go-to-market leader group. I will, if I have questions about some stuff, I will ask them. I will answer questions about other things. I will comment about other things that have nothing to do with sales loft, um, because I am also I'm, I'm genuinely interested in in that community and what they can Absolutely. bring me as much as I can bring them. Okay, so I, I would say if I sum up your three tips about the approach, it's 
really going in there, being genuine, like not salesy, be active in the way uh, I would say you like you actually are part uh, of the community and uh, and make sure, I guess, that because that's uh, from what I hear from you, it's uh, make sure you find a way to give before actually take, because anyway, if that's if something is going to, hap to happen at some point, it's going to be organic. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Based on so your overview right now of the the opportunities etc. Uh, I don't know if you have the exact data, but perhaps you have uh, some some hint about like how much of the business that you're currently doing right now is influenced in some ways by those community actions. I don't have that data actually, to be honest, mm. um, uh, because we haven't worked out a way to have influenced we I have to speak to myself up so actually having this conversation makes me realize that we would struggle to understand how much the communities are helping us we know they are mm. well, we're seeing a lot of opportunities I'm going to um, sales confidence event tonight I know that I'm going to see quite a lot of the decision makers in some of the opportunities that my team's working on at the moment okay. um, but I won't come back to the office and tick a box that says I've met that guy at this event. So I don't, I don't have the means to report into it. I have the means to report into it. We just haven't put the processes in place in our CRM for us to be able to report into it. Mm, okay, so even uh, I would say based on like guessing, you like you wouldn't know if we're if you're a quarter, half of them, or you know like maybe ten percent. Like that's something that that's for you. It's a little bit complicated. I guess somewhere about a third. Okay. In the U in the UK anyway in the mm. UK yeah mm. I'd say about a third in the UK okay in other countries maybe fifteen twenty percent maybe but in the UK a solid third solid maybe okay. maybe up to a half wow okay so that so there so that's very powerful then for you guys next stage is to get the data now. <laughs> I guess the actual data. Yeah, exactly. But I think if we're uh, if we're on the back of events, mm. on the back of community events, we always put people into cadences. So I could actually pull out a report of uh, each close one opportunities um, that had people in one of these in, different in one of these events. Mm. Okay, yeah, interesting. It's just a little. Yeah, I could do it. I'm not gonna do it. I could do it. <laughs> You could do it. Sales ops, right? Or is that, is that the answer? I could do it. It's just I would have to round up all the different cadences that have been used across the past like three years. And um, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Maybe. Was, okay. So just put it, you know, uh, at the bottom of your backlog, I guess, of, of tasks to do. And uh, at some point, maybe when you're getting bored, aka never, then you could do exactly. it. <laughs> oh, man, I wish. Being bored. Goodness. <laughs> I know, I know. That's that's what we all wish for sometimes. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, another question is, uh, if we talk about your, your team now and how they're structured, um, when it comes to community actions, is that something you actually purposely like ask them to, to do? Is that something you track uh, in terms of activity? Like, How do you go about it to leverage it properly with your team at scale? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Because it's so important to have a genuine approach to this, I'm not forcing anyone to do it. Okay. I am encouraging the team to do it. But if they don't want to do it, that's fine. 
So uh, there's some people who naturally want to do this more than others. And I just encourage these guys to do it for everyone else. But yeah, it, it has to come from from um, intrinsic motivation. This is not something that I'm going to push on anyone. Mm. All right. So the only thing you, you do, I guess, is just to value like how much it can it can bring out to them or uh, it can bring to them and, and just hope that most of them uh, will actually get to do it, I guess. The people who do it generate more pipeline than the ones who don't. So it's in their own, you know, it's for their own good. Like they don't do this. They see a direct impact on their ability to be successful in their role. This said, um, we have other people who don't do this, but do other things that impact their pipeline. So these guys, I'd rather that they focus on devising strategies to rip and replace our key competitor in, in, in deals right now mm -hmm. if this is what they want to do and they're successful at it instead of going into communities. Communities is one strategy. It's definitely not the only strategy you should adopt. So I'm very open to people wanting or not wanting to do it. I'm just giving them a nudge mm -hmm. and then giving them all the support that they need, the shout-outs that they need um, in order to, to be successful with it. Got it. All right. I understand. Um, you mentioned there's three different markets, Germany, the UK, and France. Do you see any mm -hmm. difference in the way you leverage community in between th those markets? Yes. Um, there's a difference in the medium that you use. As I said, WhatsApp works really, really well in the UK. Um, there's a... Uh, There's not so much a difference in tone. I think the tones are a bit similar. Um, something in between the professional and the and, and the personal vibe going there. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say these are the main differences. In terms of number of events or type of events, frequencies, you don't you don't see any differences in that. I see a difference in the way that it's not managed by the same people. So I've got someone managing the German one, which doesn't work at Sales Off anymore. We're just sponsoring it. There's someone who's managing the French one who works at Sales Off, has been not as active as he should be. And uh, the ones in the UK managed by Wiser, who are, we are sponsoring and co-managing. Mm -hmm. um, and these ones are the one who works the most. So I think really this is something that's been very organic in the way that mm -hmm. we've done that. It wasn't something that was led by marketing or a community owner right. or a partnership owner or anything. It was just kind of, it was more reps actually. It's just reps in my team who were like, we want to do this. And we're like, you go that's girl. Nice. And yeah. And we then supported with like some marketing budget and something. So it grew organically. I think if you really want to have a, if you're listening to the this podcast and you're not a direct salesperson, but you're in marketing, you're in partnership, this is something that you want to be doing. Um, I would recommend to try and figure out what's going to work for your market and then do it at scale and mm -hmm. try and have some sort of similarities in the way that you're doing it everywhere. Okay, perfect. And one last question, perhaps before going to the, the oops, my bad time. Um, what advice would you give to a company who would want to start um, leveraging those type of, uh, of communities? Should they actually start by creating one? Should they be part of one to see how that works first? Do you have any advice on that? I would recommend partnering with some people who know what they're doing okay. um, and, and be 
active in it, but also get their frontline people active in it. Not just a marketing manager or a VP mm-hmm. or something. Just get get your people in this. Find who are the people in your team who are keen to explore this and to develop their skills around community building, networking, working with different departments within your company in order to get some um, success there. But go and be part of communities yourself. See what works, what doesn't before you create yours. All right. And I think that's pretty clear and wise advice to start with, at least, so that you don't go big at first and maybe see uh, with a little bit less risks at the beginning how that actually could work for you. Exactly. Perfect. All right. So let's get to the oops, my bad times. Whoops, my bad. So for those who tune in the first time, it's a time at the end of each episode where the guests can share one setback or a, a mistake, one of the many mistakes we uh, always make that happens during the one of the country opening mission. Do you have maybe something, Coralie, to, to share with us today that we can learn from as well so that we cannot repeat the same? <laughs> a mistake I've made when I opened a new, a new market. Yes, exactly. It doesn't have to be related to community. It could be anything. Right. I don't know if it's a mistake, but I think it's something we could have done better. When we, so Salesloft is an American company and, and for a long time, the tool was only available in English. Mm-hmm. And we, after I worked really hard on building the EMEA market and the French market specifically, um, there was enough customers, enough noise, enough people speaking different languages in the company to get the product team to start looking at localization. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they did, but they spent uh, an enormous amount of resources into translating the platform Mm -hmm. whilst overlooking that some functionalities needed reworking in order for them to work in a different language. For example, whilst you had your platform available in French, if you wanted to use something which is slightly outside the platform, which is a calendar link, like a Mm -hmm. Calendly, but we've got this integrated into Salesloft, um, that wasn't available in French for a bit. Um, And I feel like I should have known that and realized that it was more important that we made all our features available in different languages before localizing the actual platform and I should have communicated that to the product team better so what's obvious for us bilingual or people who are from different countries when it comes to our needs and the country needs is not obvious to an American product team Um, so it wasn't so much of a mistake but I think we could have been a little bit sharper and more efficient in the way that we went to market in different languages by thinking about the full availability of every single feature in the platform instead of just having it um, in French. I get your point. We, I think we all have the same issues whenever we we get to new market. I think the problem, it's always also a chicken and egg kind of situation because then product is saying okay but bring bring the bring the prospects right first and then when you get the prospect you actually lose the deal because your competitors have the um, the features you actually don't have which is supposed to be basic in that targeted country so definitely feel you on that it's it's kind of hard to manage but in the end it ended up work, working out i just don't know honestly i don't know how much you can really anticipate this 
at first without risking to build something that's actually not going to get sold very early on. So, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah, totally agree. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Coralie, for your insights today about communities and how you guys leverage them uh, at Selfsloft. Then I guess just have to tell you until next time then. Yes. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It was great chatting to you today. Perfect. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next one. And please share it with two people in your network. This is how this podcast gets more visibility and can help more of us to work on international markets. See you soon. See you soon.